Here we are on the fourth Sunday after Easter. We're halfway to Pentecost. The lectionary has us read from the book of Acts during Easter, replacing the usual Old Testament reading. And today's reading feels a bit like a cruel cosmic play on what church has become during this pandemic. In the same way we might find ourselves watching pre-pandemic movies or TV shows with crowds of people without masks, crowding football stations or shopping centers, the reading depicts a world very different than what has become our new normal today. It opens with an image of the early Christians devoted to the apostles, teaching to, to fellowship with each other, to sharing of the bread, and to communal prayer. They're all gathered in the temple worshiping together or sharing dinners in their homes. It's all kind of a cruel joke. You see, we can't fellowship together or break bread or share communal prayer, at least not the way we used to. Like so much else, church has changed, and possibly forever, in light of what's been going on. You know what? Maybe that's a good thing. In his commentary on the book of Acts, one of my favorite theologians, Willie James Jennings, contends that the church community comes together not in the physical form that we're used to, but by the common space created in the Holy Spirit. He builds on the idea that we are at our core spiritual beings, having a human experience, and not as we might think, human beings having a spiritual experience. We are spiritual beings gathered in, in a community of the Holy Spirit right now, united together even though we are apart. So think about it. Right now, millions of people are gathered as one, sharing in spiritual fellowship and breaking of the bread. We're gathered as church, headed by Christ, and convened in the Holy Spirit. It may have taken a pandemic for us to break free from the illusion that we're bound by our physical selves and united as one body, one church. We're told in, that, in the Acts reading that, quote, all came upon everyone. It made me wonder when was the last time I experienced a true sense of awe at something. The Oxford Dictionary defines awe as a feeling of reverential respect mixed with fear or wonder. A feeling of reverential respect mixed with fear or wonder. There have been many times during this crisis that I felt that awkward blend of reverence, fear, and wonder. Seeing the world's newfound respect for teachers and healthcare workers and even supermarket employees. Noticing the trees blooming as we spent early spring quarantine. Watching videos of people gathered on their terraces in New York City shouting and banging pots in support of the healthcare workers as they change shifts, hundreds of people over. Reverence, fear, and wonder. You see, there's a hint of darkness mixed in when we're awestruck, causing us to feel fear and wonder. Today is sometimes referred to as Shepherd Sunday because of the inclusion of John's Gospel that we just heard and, and the beloved Psalm 23 in our readings. The Lord is our shepherd. We don't need to be experts in shepherding to understand Jesus' words in the gospel. He is the shepherd who calls us each by name, and we follow because we know his voice. There's an incredible intimacy to Jesus' relationship with us, calling us by name. I think having Jesus call each of us by name would be an occasion for all, 
for feeling reverence and wonder, but tinged with a bit of fear. Because if he knows us by name, he knows where we've fallen short. And that would be cause enough to be a little fearful. In the Gospel, Jesus tells his uncomprehending listeners that he's the gate, the path to the pastures of salvation. But we're not locked inside the gate. We come in and go out and find pasture. There may be times when we're stuck outside, but his grace offers us the chance to come back in. Our sins are forgiven. He closes with, I come that they may have life and have it abundantly. How do we live abundantly in the midst of a pandemic? When we fear contagion from the very person next to us, we may feel far from abundant living as long as the comforts that only a few months ago seemed so safe, so well preserved, are distant from us. In John's Gospel and in today's Psalm, we're not promised a pain-free life. There's always a space for darkness. Even though I walk through the darkest valley, I fear no evil in the Psalm. We dine in front of our enemies at a safe social distance, of course. Thieves and bandits hover around the pasture waiting to grab us. There's darkness, but darkness creates a space for being awestruck, for feeling awe, for reverence, wonder, and fear. Living abundantly in a pandemic calls us back to the very basic relationship we have with God. His rod and his staff, they comfort us. He anoints our head with oil, our cup overflows. It forces us to shed the usual trappings of what we might think of our relationship with God, of being gathered together in church on a Sunday, lounging in the comfort of the liturgy, enjoying the choir, appreciating the familiar trappings of worship. You see, right now, all this is stripped away. What you see right now on your screen is a reasonable facsimile of those. It reminds us of what we shared and what we hope to share again real soon. It's also a chance for us to meditate on our own relationship with God, with the shepherd, without some of the usual distractions. <clears throat> we stay still. We listen for the shepherd's voice. We wait to hear our name whispered. We may be afraid at times and discomfort and already nostalgic for our lives in January, wondering what's coming next. But we know we are safe. And the only way that we can be truly safe, safe in the house of the Lord, surely goodness and mercy shall follow me all the days of my life. Living abundantly in a pandemic is knowing who our enemies are that sit at our table. I think for many, if not most of us, our enemies are those demons who seek to rob us of our calm in the face of the massive upheaval that dominates every news cycle. Our enemies try to make us forget that we are comforted by the voice of the shepherd who calls us by name, even in the face of danger and disruption. Jesus' voice calms us. <clears throat> now, several of you know that I am a lifelong musical theater nerd. So much so that in an alternate reality, I would have made my livelihood as a Broadway performer. And as you probably know, we're a long way from that alternate reality. But my favorite Composer-songwriter is Stephen Sondheim, famous for such hits as West Side Story, Company, 
Sonny and Parker George into the woods and literally dozens of others. He's arguably the best ever at what he does. And one of his most, most performed works is called Sweeney Todd and the Demon Barber of Fleet Street. It's a dystopian take on working class London during the mid 1800s, when pandemics and plagues were a common feature of everyday life. One of the most lyrical pieces is Not While I'm Around, sung by Tobias, a street kid infatuated with and, and concerned for the widow Mrs. Lovett. He tells her, nothing's gonna harm you, not while I'm around. And then later, demons will charm you with a smile for a while, but in time, nothing can harm you, not while I'm around. Throughout John's Gospel, Jesus uses a number of I am statements to assert his divinity. I am the bread of life. I am the living water, the light, the way. In today's reading, he reminds us he's the gate. He keeps out thieves and bandits, and maybe charming demons also. I imagine him telling us over and over that nothing's going to harm us, not while I am is around. And he's always around, always whispering our name, calling us into pasture. We live abundantly during a pandemic by sharing in the very being of God through our faith in Jesus, by participating in God through Jesus. He keeps the enemies, those demons internal and external, who seek to rob us of the deep calm we share in the protection of the shepherd, who speaks our name, and we're comfortable forever. Amen.